Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast episode number 306 for Boxing Day. Oh. December 26th, 2022. Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Christoph and you know what? I've, I've had it up to here with Boxing Day. Boxing's <laughs> faded. It's done. Nobody watches boxing anymore. I hereby <laughs> declare December 26th Pro Wrestling Day world worldwide. Uh, you know what? I, I'm cool with it and anything to um, remove the stink of what was National Pro Wrestling Day, specifically uh, the, the gentleman who was behind such initiatives. Um, was that so, the uh, the penis guy? Uh, no, no, no. It was it was the the uh, uh, dude who had a, a thousand and one uh, holes. Oh, that and, guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> who still to this day. Has a YouTube channel that he posts to all the time to an increasingly cool. lower number of listeners. Speaking of the Rough House podcast, is hey. back at you. Hi, I'm Marty, and I'm Christoph. I think we did that already. Yes, uh, welcome. Uh, this is the the post holiday edition of the pod, and uh, the post holiday malaise is here. I'd say betwixt uh, holidays. Yes, doesn't you New know, Year's count as New Year count as a holiday? That is true. We are between holidays, and um, let me tell you, the world of wrestling definitely. Uh, showing it, it's it's true colors right now as fucking nothing's going on. Literally, <laughs> Raw tonight is going to be a pre-tape best of show. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Vince would never allow that. No, no, he would not. He's, he's like, like everybody on the road the after Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's going to be quote unquote the absolute best of 2022 edition. So, so they're not going the full three hours. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's going to be a test pattern for <laughs> quite a few of those hours. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't know if it, if it's going to be the best of the year across all brands, best of the year for just Raw, like if they're going to air pay-per-view. Uh, uh, the, the footage they showed included, you know, pay-per-view stuff. So hmm. I, I assume, like, this is for everything. But they they are definitely yeah. lame ducking this show tonight. Maybe they'll uh, try trying to boost the uh, subscriptions to the cock and uh, give give some content away for free. Give them a little taste of what they're missing on the cock. You know what? That you know? that that is a fair point. That might be the move. That reminds me, I forgot to hit this button. The World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. I mean, All right, there I we go. Forgive you. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Raw is going to be just a, a pre-tape show, and it's not like they give you anything really inspiring this past Monday. To be like, oh man, can't wait. I mean, yes, they did set up some title matches for the first Raw of 2023. Uh, we're going to be getting uh, Alexa Bliss going against Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. And Alexa has been showing hints of being tainted again. So I guess that's going to be a <laughs> thing. Taint. Okay. <laughs> but also, uh, Austin Theory will be defending the U.S. Championship against Seth Rollins, uh, who continues to be in a okay. weird face-heel positioning um, which just Depending doesn't make on sense. Who his like, opponent is. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, it's it's uh no, it's it's Austin Theory against Seth Rollins. I was saying Rollins is in this weird malaise of being a face or heel. Well, uh, so he's kind of flippy flopping. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like his character still acts like a weird supervillain, but but gets pops exactly. And, and apparently, he's okay. listed on internal paperwork as a face. Huh. Even though he well, really I mean, hasn't I... done anything to be a face. I guess it just depends on who his opponent is, whether oh, okay, you know, I, I get what you're he leans saying. into, yeah. yeah. But uh, the the thing I found most hysterical is, uh, at least according to more recent editions of Wrestling Observer Radio, when Cody returns, the worst kept secret mm-hmm. in professional wrestling that Cody will be returning most likely oh, of course. At the Rumble. When Cody returns, they're going right back to Seth versus Cody. So no Roman, or Not is that yet, a, at least. a red herring? You think? Not yet, at least. Because remember, we we're gonna have two two and a half months between the Rumble and Mania. Yeah, but does that mean that Dwayne's gonna win the Rumble then? That has or is, been is Seth gonna win the Rumble and then Seth will just you know, uh, or I'm sorry, Cody wins the Rumble and then just fuse with Seth for another month until he's ready to you know. Great question. That's, that's weird. Very unclear. And and also, I would argue there's no point in doing it. If you look at the history they've had, whether televi- televised or not, it's something like 19-0 and 0 between Cody and Seth. Cody came back at Mania. Right, yeah. Beat Seth. They feuded until October. Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, where he worked with the broke titty. Or not October. Yeah. August, whenever it was, whatever, yeah. He he worked that entire time with Seth. He beat Seth every single time. Every house show they had, he beat Seth. Huh. And yes, the way they wrote out Cody was Seth attacked him the Monday after Hell in a Cell. Right. But you need comeuppance. I guess it just there, there's nothing inspiring there, especially considering. They seem to be sending Seth on this alternate path as a face. They're just like, ah, fuck it. We're going to we're gonna run it again. So so what's worse, going 0 for 13 or 50-50 booking? <sighs> Man, that that is really yeah, just, right. <laughs> that is a monkey's <laughs> paw situation right there. Uh-huh. Um, both are terrible. Both show an absolute lack of forward momentum. And creativity is the thing yeah. because it's okay. It's Monday. Let's do another Seth and uh, Cody match. You know this sort of thing. Where as you know, it's hard to not compare it to the other weekly. You know, big show Dynamite. They don't give you the same. Oh shit! <laughs> Unless it is specifically <laughs> booked as such. <laughs> I stop myself. They don't give you the same match every week. I mean, even uh, even for uh, as much as they've run back. The the Blackpool Combat Club Jericho Appreciation Society. It's shit. different, different matches, different permutations different every single time. Sure, really, the only one that they yeah. had as consistently was Claudio versus Jericho. Right, and that was only two or three times yeah, over I think the course three times of over the course of that period four of months or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Two of which were on pay per view. Yeah, Ring of Honor pay per view at that. Right. So it's like <laughs> so not as not as a tree falling in the woods. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, hey, so one of us was part of that twenty five thousand, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you didn't pay for that shit. Shut up. 
Wow. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I, okay, I did. Just, you know, I was in Europe at the time. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're traveling abroad. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't understand who that helps and, and, and who that makes look good. I mean, it, Seth has always been, unfortunately, in this spot of the could have been but never was guy. Um, I mean, he's always been in the mix, but he's never been the guy. Like, it's more, uh, if if I can, uh, I mean, this is going to make him sound like a bigger deal than he is. It's almost like a, a, a Macho Man Randy Savage situation where <sighs> okay. Savage was never the guy. Even when Savage was world right. champion, he wasn't the guy. Seth feels like that because it was either Roman or Cena or someone else, even during, you Rock. know, uh, w- you know, White Ranger gear, super worker, champ- yeah. double champion Seth phase. He was an upper mid card act because there was Brock, there was Cena, there was Roman, there was Undertaker doing one last run. There was all of this shit in the way of him. And now it's like, okay. Right. Seth is like the guy on Raw right now until Cody comes back. Well, I mean, that's the fault of WWE creative and not presenting him as, you know, I I highly doubt they put as much time into the the vignettes or whatever segments of Seth Rollins that they do into the bloodline stuff. It it clearly from everything I've seen and heard because I don't know if I can watch. Uh, it seems like you know the the level of work put into the two of those. Uh, there's a huge disparity there. I mean, it also helps that the Bloodline has arguably one of the greatest bookers of pro wrestling ever. Not necessarily finance yeah. business managers of all time. No, yeah, but no, one of the greatest bookers of all time involved in it and advocating, wink, wink, for yeah. uh, yeah. you know the quality of that storyline, like. It's kind of a cheat code to have good wrestling by having a Paul Heyman involved in the creative there and exclusively involved in that. So So what you're saying is Seth Rollins needs to uh, uh, advocate for Vince Russo to come in to to be his uh, his mouthpiece and uh, creative consultant here. You said Vince, which made my skin crawl. I was going to (laughs) say Michael Hayes to make your skin crawl. Uh. I will say my, Michael Hayes with his dumbass pastel suits would probably not look out of place as a uh, mouthpiece for whatever the fuck Seth is wearing every week. Oh, God, I just I mean, I, I don't watch now, so it really has no no effect on anything. But man, if they brought him back, us, you know, first of all, you'd have to explain why he wouldn't be called Doc Hendricks to this uh, audience. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. You yeah. don't have to explain anything. <laughs> How boy, am I supposed to look up and know who this guy is? You just can't bring in old people and then yeah, say I know. who they are. Well, you know, look at the background on them. Come on. Yeah, isn't isn't douchebag asshole JBL around? Uh yes. Uh he's he's currently the mouthpiece of uh Baron Corbin, who he's calling the new wrestling god. The new wrestling god is Baron Corbin? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck out of here. God. Yeah. How you know, Baron Corbin is going to go down as one of the most puzzling long-term successes. Question oh, mark, oh, I, I don't in, find in, it puzzling in at WWE all. history. Uh, Baron Corbin. Well, I will say this: looking at him, it's puzzling because you know he he 
is not what I would call built. Like he's a big he's guy. Tall. He's tall. He's tall. But you know, he's got as we've joked about many times the the barren belly. He's got the sad yeah. tummy. Um, his tattoos are, if anything, depressing looking. Uh, he's shoot bald Uh as noted during the happy, Hey, no judgment. I'm just saying like, when you think of, (laughs) except for Hogan, when you think of like, you know, the top guy, well, I guess Austin too. But when you think of like top guys, they usually have like a full head of hair. Rock was Uh, bald. He went bald. (laughs) He didn't start that way. He started you know. with uh, a hysterical jerry curl, if you think about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, just nothing about him screams Vince McMahon likes this guy. But he's very much in that mold of, say, The Miz, where he's a safe worker. He does literally everything he's told. You just call The Miz a safe worker? <laughs> Miz doesn't catch people, but he doesn't he doesn't take risks. He's not a guy who's going to be on oh, the yeah. shelf for okay. six months due to injury. I had to take the low hanging fruit. There. Fair, fair. Um, he may be unsafe for others, but you know that's because they're doing the stupid flippy do's that, per WWE style, you shouldn't be doing anyway. Right. But like you know, he he's someone who they can put in anywhere. He gets heat. He cuts the promos exactly how they want. He does everything that's asked of him. He is, for better or worse, delivering exactly what they want. Even if it's not what I, Marty, or you, Chris, want, a guy like Baron Corbin is just like The Miz in that they execute what is asked of them perfectly. The benefit The Miz has is he can do mainstream press, too. And also, that's when he does mainstream exactly press... exactly what I was going to say. He never speaks ill about the WWE, and he never talks about the competition ever. Yeah, that's why this is very good at 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 press. Oh yeah, and he he has mainstream appeal. He was on Dancing with the Stars. He has his own reality show. You know, yeah, he 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 gets around. He 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 is, and he came from a reality show fucking background too. So you know, you have the the MTV history there too. So I don't like. I guess I'm just looking at the the physical optics here. Like, if they were the Schlub Awards, the year-end Schlub Awards, like, <laughs> I'd put Baron Corbin in the running as, as, as Schlub oh, of the year. 100%. 100%. It's just, he does exactly what is asked of him. And, and, and because of that, he will have a job forever. He's kind of like, like a, 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 a schlubby Hiroki Goto. You know what? Goto's that guy. You kind of yeah. just plug in. He gets it done. He'll yeah. get a solid reaction, whichever yeah. way you need him to go. It, it is you know. not going to be the top reaction of the night. It's not going to be the worst reaction right. of the night. It It'll is good exactly reaction. what they need. Yeah. There you go. He he meets the middle. Although, that being said, I'd rather watch a Goto match than a Baron Corbin match oh, for many reasons. 1,000%. G&G1 stands for Goto. Um, anyway, right. the cavalcade of returns continued this week. Speaking of The Miz... As returning in the middle of the ladder match between Dexter Loomis and The Miz, we had the WWE main roster debut of Bronson Reed. Goto. Were there crickets again? Not Goto, sorry. Gato undoubtedly dropkicked his television upon seeing this. Kato's not watching Raw. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, okay. Fair. He got a text probably from Rocky Romero. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. 
dude. Yes. It happened, dude. His shit sucks. Rocky dude. seems like a guy who would walk raw, watch Raw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if only to keep up with his buddies. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it was a mixed reaction. It wasn't like, oh, holy shit, this guy's here. It was just sort of like, well, there's a big man. and he, Well, there's a wide man, and he's yes. a- attacking the quiet man. And damn, that right. Miz. That, uh, that was pretty much it. And, and the Miz with the big balls. Are they still doing the big ball gimmick with them? Uh, no. No, they are not. No, they dropped that finally? Yeah. How did they not license ACDC's big balls for that whole thing? That costs I mean, money. Although Vince really yeah, but they paid ACDC so. for the theme song for SmackDown for a while, right? Uh, still, or is it still the theme song for SmackDown? Still, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, yeah. What I what I understand for any of these people, and and I will not motherfuck a single person who does it for this. To go to WWE, you will get paid the most you can get paid in professional wrestling. Period. Mm-hmm. Like that will be your downside guarantee. You will make the most you can make in professional wrestling. I get it. Got a wife, maybe you got kids, whatever. Cool. Go for it. Also, you will be on more television than you've ever been on before. Even AEW for with better, its number of hours or for worse. of TV. Yeah. You know, there will be times you were off television because they cycle people in and out. Sometimes not because they want to, but because you don't agree to the creative. More on that in a few. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't see the upside for a Bronson Reed beyond money in WWE. There are bigger guys, there are guys that are gonna get pushed ahead of him. Like sure. he got made in New Japan over what three tours as like like the next big Gaijin monster. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure Jeff Cobb's breathing sigh relief right now though. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Gato is literally doing control F find replace. Right. Bronson Reed or sorry, Jonah with Jeff Cobb all throughout the booking for the next year. But honestly, Jeff Cobb is a, better total package by far than than jonah was i think so as well but like him versus okada fucking ruled i mean i'm not i'm not gonna i'm I'm not saying he's not a good worker i'm just saying jeff cobb is more is uh well not physically more well-rounded but (laughs) well-rounded there there's more there there is 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 what you're getting at with yeah well not but not in terms of girth because in that case it's just it's just he he is more versatile in what he can do sure um yeah 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 but like, your big thing is, oh boy, I'm the lackey for the Miz. Which wasn't that Dexter Loomis's bit? Uh, no, no, no. He was, was just stalking going the against Miz. the Miz the whole time. Yeah, he was stalking okay. the Miz the whole time. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, and I've explained it to you five times in the past ten episodes. But I just, it's not worth. It's not worth remembering. It is, it is in one ear and right out my a hole. Yeah, a hole. I'll blame you on that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. You just yeah. fart it right out. Snacks <laughs> through Loomis. Yeah. Nice little poopocalypse in my pants. But yeah, I, I I wish Bronson Reed the best. I mean, I know he, Get that is, money. he is late 30s. So, like, it's kind of a now or nothing period in terms of making money. Um, brother. <laughs> and um, 
I assume any of these places would take him back, especially now that he's been on the main roster as opposed to just NXT. But yeah, it, it inspires no interest for me, man. Let's let's check in with with Bronson Reed in uh, let's say mid February. Yeah, and see, see where see he's what's at happening and all of this the guy. You yeah, know. it's just uh, it, it's just weird. I don't get it, man. Um, elsewhere yeah. in uh, WWE this week, uh, SmackDown was a pre-taped show. Shock of shocks, because it was Christmas Eve Eve, and it was headlined by a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street fight, which I, I got to say is one of my favorite annual traditions. Weapons wrapped mm-hmm. up in uh, uh, gift packages and someone and yeah. so on. But it was uh, Ricochet and Braun Strowman going against Imperium's. Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vici, um, but uh, Ricochet That's Strowman Marcel ended Bartel up living. And, uh, yes, okay, yeah, the whatever the their one. prior names were. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't think of it now. I, I can't either. Uh, but uh, it was it was ridiculous. You know, they use Christmas trees. They use candy cane kendo sticks. Uh, the new day were in boxes as nutcrackers. Uh, and Ricochet, did they actually kick him in the nuts? Yes. Uh, okay. And uh, Ricochet was revived by Braun Strowman. He grabbed mistletoe from uh, um, uh, Corey Graves' side of the commentary desk, put it in front of uh, Samantha Irvin, the current uh, ring announcer. So Ricochet got a revival kiss from Samantha Irvin. They're their real life couple. So, wait, okay, hold on. He was he like passed out on. He was out on the floor. He was on the floor, out on the floor. So Braun Strowman picks up mistletoe yes. and then grabs the ring announcer and brings her over to him lying on the floor. Uh, yes, yes, because he was out by like the little uh the little alcove they have for the ring announcers. And okay. Yeah. 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 So she revived him with a kiss. Okay. That was a little, little cute and kayfabe shit. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. All also, right. uh, we have a new uh, number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship as Raquel Rodriguez earned wow. a women's title shot. And I'm sure that match is going to just all the stars on that one. And who's that champ? Uh, that That is Ronda Rousey. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yeah. Eek. Yeah. But really, the angle we're talking about this the week. MAGA Cup Championships happening right there. <laughs> yeah, right. The angle we're talking about this week showed up on... WWE social media yesterday, or sorry, two days ago. Okay. As Rhea Ripley and Dominic once again showed up at the Mysterio house. Oh, uh, but they did this it again. time, okay. Ray proved that he did not believe in the A cab theory as he called police in advance. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, well, uh, Dominic he's... was uh, was jailed. He's affluent, is Ray Mysterio. So yes. you know. Yeah. You'd imagine they would be uh, they would be helpful to him. Yeah, exactly. Um, surprised they didn't just side with Rhea in all of this, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> the optics alone would make you think, but I guess Ray was wearing a mask, so they didn't know. Anyway, I mean, well, typically that would be I don't know. Uh, this, we're going down a line, uh, a line of good. Yeah, uh, we're, we're about to say goodbye to, to a yeah. number of our handful of listeners as is. So uh, let me go ahead and hit this button. We continue to be on the road to Wrestle Kingdom, uh, and uh, the last stop to the road to Wrestle Kingdom was this week as we had uh, the Road to Tokyo Dome shows. 
included the farewell to Suzuki Goon as Suzuki Goon mm-hmm. faced Suzuki Goon in uh, uh, the main event of the January, sorry, not January, December twenty third show. Um, but also, we had uh, two interesting announcements. Excuse me, over these shows, one sure. is the King of Pro Wrestling trophy is being replaced with a King of Pro Wrestling title belt because God knows we don't have enough of those in New Japan. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Basically, it it looks like the New Japan World TV title, but on a blue strap instead of a brown strap. Okay. They're getting the WWE territory now, man. I don't don't care for that. Yeah. It it, it doesn't look very different from that. I mean, yes, there's different designs on the main main plate on the front, Mm -hmm. but like the layout is very similar. Gotcha. Um, But what I thought was most interesting was... Minoru Suzuki, in doing post-match comments, indicated that he's gunning for the IWGP World Championship. Let's go. So it uh, looks like we're getting one final run at the top from Murder Grandpa. Let's uh, go watch run for the guy. Come on. Yeah, let's do the thing. Fuck it. I mean, you know, they don't have the most inspiring main event in Jay White versus Okada because we've seen it so many times. I'm sure yeah. it will be good, but we've seen yeah. it so many times before. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's let's try to do something a little different here. Um, but, uh, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom is going to be on the 4th, which means it will not have happened by the time we record next unless right. we delay um, because it's a weird midweek show. Yeah, it's like a Thursday morning. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Yeah, because it's the same day as uh, the the Dynamite in Seattle where they're relaunching right. the look and everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, it's all quiet until that show. Uh, yes, the, the rumors continue that Sasha is going to be there and she's going to officially announce that she is... Uh, She's heading to New Japan. She teased it a little bit yesterday. She said it was going to be a Monet Christmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but everyone is quiet, and apparently we won't hear anything until come January 1st. Have you seen the um, little promo videos for each uh, wrestler as a match at Wrestle Kingdom on like Instagram or whatever. I have. They fucking rule. They're I don't know. so great. They're so cool looking. I don't know how New Japan got a hold of the volume, but right. Yeah, it looks fucking rad. If you haven't checked these out, head to New Japan social media. Um, in fact, well, TV how... Asahi owns them, right? So I'm sure they yeah. have a lot of like TV studio and stuff like that at their disposal. That's true, but it's basically like a 360 video wall. Um, yeah, above, it's rad. Behind below, um, and you know, really high end camera used and everything. Um, but it makes everyone look like a world beater. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely adds to the hype for what is on paper, kind of a generic new Japan show minus yeah. the appearance of, of, uh, Kyrie and, and, um, and FTR. It, it just feels like every other new Japan show. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first new Japan pro wrestling show ever with a woman's match on the main show? Uh, this, uh, first one in Japan, in Japan, uh, un- okay. unless you count the crossover show, um, because you know, obviously that was technically a new Japan show. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. unless you count the crossover show, it's certainly the first wrestle kingdom, right. Uh, with, with a women's match. I mean, gotcha. I think uh, one of the early dome shows, uh, of, of the two thousands era regime that China had a match, but it was intergender. Mm. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the, the, this is the first proper women's division match 
in New Japan. In pretty cool. Japan yeah. at the Tokyo Dome. And and there will be cheering allowed again. So yeah. um if nothing still- else, it will probably be worth a watch for that. That that it, yeah. it won't sound like you know, they're wrestling in front of ghosts. And also, I mean, you know, it's the dome. I'm curious to see what Kyrie's going to pull out for an entrance. I'm sure it's going to be pretty dope. Oh, yeah. I'm sure everyone is, is going big on this. I mean, as is the tradition, the Tokyo Dome is always where yeah. even the most random people are like, fuck it. I got new gear. I got new entrance yeah. jacket. I got something to really make me stand out. Yeah. Um, but we will see come January 4. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the the show being kind of wallpaper paste as it is stands right now. You know, I, th- I, I don't know if it's intentional, but like, I feel like expectations are meh, you know, yeah. kind, kind of mid on it. But I feel like they're going to pull out some big surprises. If nothing else, they have the opportunity to deliver on a degree they don't normally do. Yeah, because no one is expecting to be wowed by this show. Yeah, even you know, new Japan diehard fans like us are kind of cold on it. So yeah, you know, been a downswing this year, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, a few years of no proper crowd reactions will do that. Yeah. And again, like you said, it's kind of the same, same dozen people just shuffled around, you know, could use some, uh, some fresh blood in there. Very much so. Very much so. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what Gato and company have planned. Um, and hopefully it'll be better. But hey, let, let's talk about the the wrestling we did enjoy this week. <laughs> AEW was live in San, San Antonio, Texas, for the Holiday Bash show. Um, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Before we get into it, uh-huh. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh our old buddy Miro. Oh, this guy. So we had talked previously about. Um, there being creative in place that he had rejected uh-huh. for full gear. Right. Um, the the shorthand, as it has been put, is he was in the Ethan Page spot in the mm-hmm. Eliminator tournament, meaning he would have been putting over Ricky Starks. Um, as more details have come out subsequently, uh, basically it, it indicates that there is a problem not just with Miro, but with a lot of... Uh, former WWE talent, notable exceptions being people like Brian Danielson, John Moxley, etc., who really are in AEW, and it feels like they're just kind of coasting. They're just sort of like, well, I'm getting paid, and I'm here, and I'm waiting for Paul to call me. Yeah. And it's a fucking shame, because we're both big fans of Miro here. Absolutely. But I'm just like, what... Beyond being like, all right, Miro, you're going to beat everyone. You're going to be world champion. What is the dude expecting out of being involved in AEW? Like, as a fan, if I look at him being in the Ethan Page spot, we would have had Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Hell yeah. Would have fucking ruled. Again. Miro versus Bandito. Fuck yes. Holy shit. Yeah, that would have been phenomenal, and then Miro versus Ricky Starks, which I don't know that we've had before. Uh, I mean, my memory is shite, but uh, maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah, the closest thing I can think of was maybe during the the TNT title run, but I think that was concurrent with Ricky being out of action due to his neck. Right. Um, but 
like those are the three matches I would love to see. And Miro is enough of a monster that I feel like he can afford to lose. I don't I don't feel like because he would have won two out of three matches on the way. Right. Yeah. And him losing to Ricky wouldn't have hurt him. I like I don't know what the guy wants. And and I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this situation, Chris. Well, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. OK, so, you know, it gets pitched to me this tournament. You know, I beat the I beat Kingston. I beat um, Bandito. I lose the Starks. Then my question is, what comes after that? Because yeah. for a lot of. For, for as much great stuff that Tony does long term booking wise, it seems like some things aren't always planned out so far in advance so maybe it came down to what's next i mean ethan page right now is who did he call out on uh danielson okay i mean that's not a bad spot to be be in you know uh maybe he didn't want to fight and you know danielson I, i i don't know and I, to answer your direct question, I'm not sure what exactly he wants out of this run. I mean, you got to – if I'm Miro, again, I'm looking at the state of the upper card in AEW right now. And, you know, Max is going to have that title for some time Absolutely. barring catastrophe or shenanigans or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, you, you've got other people circling around the top there. What I would – if I'm Miro, would I like to be a part of that circle? Absolutely. But at the same time, you can't just be put into that circle. Yeah. Storyline-wise, you have to earn your way into it, which is kind of what Ricky is doing long-term-wise now, which Part is what point. we were hoping that he w- would happen is that, you know, they didn't cool off on him. He's still getting, you know, promo time. And, I mean, now he's in a feud with Jericho, so you don't get uh, too much more high profile without a title in AEW than feuding with Jericho. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, despite the uh, who was it who tweeted out or said the uh, don't get caught into another year yeah, don't, long don't, feud don't or whatever. Don't get caught into the black hole of uh, I think it was Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. Gaines, uh, who who said that and was yeah. pissed off Jericho on Twitter and it's like, sorry, Chris, it's kind of true. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, clearly he Miro feels the need or or wants to be a part of a big storyline and maybe long-term wise, Tony just didn't have that in the cards that he had out in front of him. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I don't know either. And and, and to me, it's, it's a real shame because, you know, when I look at the possibility of Miro and I look at where they're at in AEW right now, like they, there need to be some more guys in the main event mix. And he has the promo skills. He has the physical uh, sure. capability. He has the intensity to be one of those guys. Yeah. And I would love to see him in the mix. At the same time, I don't blame Tony for being like, if he's not going to play ball, you right. know, I'm not. I'm not going to do anything with him. I mean, Fair. yeah, it's just you know, money collecting dust, which undoubtedly sucks because i can't imagine he has a small contract but true yeah i i just i between a guy like him and a guy like andrade it's just sort of like that's that's bad money being spent and and a not insignificant amount of bad money being spent yeah and and it's a shame because both of those guys 
when they have been in the mix have delivered and I, I would love to see them uh well used yeah um, it, but of course you know it's not like to to use the turn of phrase that that we've had with both tony and triple h uh it's not like they're just action figures that you can just sort of go okay well this is my guy he's gonna go against this guy like, they, yeah. they have opinions yeah and that's kind of you know i feel like and i'm probably in a minority here okay yeah. so this is something we talked about with Justin last week on the soapbox available on our Patreon page at the five dollar tier yeah. um, where, you know, when I always talk about how much I love the the Lucha Lucha style of things and, you know, all these crazy things, Justin says American wrestling fans want story. Right. And sometimes I wish that weren't the case, because if I, you know, give me one Wednesday out of the month where yeah. it's just match roulette you know everybody yeah. spins a wheel and it's it's not kayfabe like i i want it to be legit so miro comes out he spins a wheel and then it lands on fucking i don't know eddie kingston you know yeah. it lands on orange cassidy it lands you know just a random match Trent. and it's just yeah it's just Danhausen versus miro you know yeah and it, it's just uh, just two action figures smashing together sometimes right. i want that right because when you get that, storyline That's how PWG involved. worked. Right. Uh, and, and that's that's how they've continued to be a thing. And I recognize I'm talking about a product that plays to 800 people in a sold-out global sure. theater versus, you know, 1 million people watching on TNT or Understood. Whatever. But every now and then you kind of just, you know, we as fans lose out on potential great matches because of story. Because there's no story there. There's no right. way to get them together to have a match. And... You know, when you have a roster of so many talented people, yeah, it's really frustrating where I can't – I mean, just the two we mentioned, I would love to see fight each other. Andrade and Miro. Yeah. Like, that would fucking rule. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just I, – I sometimes wish that it wasn't all about story and I could just, you know, smash together Phoenix and Eddie Kingston, you know, to fight, yeah. you know, over uh, the best friendship of uh, of, of Pentagon Penta. if it was storyline-wise. But you don't need a story. I just want to see these guys fight. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I mean – the the late Chris Krisky, who was a writer for WWE in one of my favorite eras of wrestling of all time, you know, uh, early 2000s, uh -huh. something he got made fun of, but was very effective uh, was when he was one of the head writers, he had an Excel document and it had drop downs and it was uh -huh. really OK, I'm going to drop down and this person is in a feud with this person. And then there's a row beneath. And each time it was it was, you know, just cutting down the list of people available until everyone had a storyline with everyone else. There you go. And that's all it took. And I, I don't mean to diminish, you know, the the creative process. I mean, undoubtedly, after being like this person is feeding with this person. Yeah. You have to figure out why. Why? Yeah. And how they get there. And yeah, but that's I, I think of that that year 2000 era they they made a compelling fucking intercontinental title feud out of val venus and rikishi yeah like what but when it you, ruled when and, you have a lot of talented people there yeah sometimes you gotta let them do the work exactly and i i think unfortunately there is a generation of talent who has come up with all right here's your story 
here's your, your motivation, here's right. your here's your promo. Go out there and kill it, kid, as opposed yeah. to, you know, a Mox who will just be like, I don't know, just let me spin gold over here. Yeah, right. There's yeah. there's definitely a middle ground. I, I, I don't disagree, you know, uh, as much as like a John Mox is like, we don't need writers. Like, fucking. Some people do. Sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You don't, John. Yeah. But a lot yeah, of people I'm do. I'm glad you don't. And it's awesome that you don't. However, yeah. Yeah. The, the guns need fucking writers. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's—I mean, honestly, I'm—I'm sh- I'm sure when Mox was John Mox on, on the Indies and doing all these things, he could cut a decent promo. But to be yeah. honest, I'm sure a lot of the skills that he has now were honed within his time under the WWE umbrella. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. I mean, <laughs> you know, what—what uh, what, what's the turn of phrase? Iron creates iron. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the frustration of dealing with WWE creative makes you better. Right. For better or worse. Um, but that's a big digression to say, I think it sucks that apparently Miro is so opposed to, uh, doing more things. And, and, you know, it's, it's definitely a bummer that, uh, we aren't seeing him on television and it seems to certainly be by his own hand. Which, yeah. Uh, Look, there's really only sucks. one undefeated person in, in AEW and that's Jade Cargill and <laughs> long true. may she reign. So, well, two hook also. Oh, yeah, that's true. Can't forget Hook. Anyway, Dynamite kicked off with Ricky Starks coming out talking about... Just have Taz adopt you, Miro. (laughs) With uh, 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 Talking about his match with uh, MJF the week before. Said, hey, you know what? I lost due to MJF cheating. If I have to work my way up to another title shot, I'll knock them all down. He's doing the thing I wanted, Chris. He's doing the thing I wanted. Ricky Starks is one of our dozen listeners. Thanks, Ricky. Um, But then Judas hits... And out comes Jericho <laughs> and the JAS. And the collect- and you like, can hear the collective eye roll across the United- greater United States as yeah. Judas hit. And I was just like, ah, oh, shit. This guy just fucking gloms on anything going, man. Yeah. So Jericho cuts this promo about he's been watching Starks for a long time. Said, you know, he'd be a world champion one day, not just yet. Here's what you should do. Join the JAS Ugh. and you're going to uh, to learn from me and we're going to take you to the top. So Ricky Starks, once again, just chomps in is like, I'm going to cut the promo of a lifetime. He says yeah. uh, Jericho went from looking like, quote, an air fryer <laughs> to being dressed like a single father on his fifth divorce. Great. What an amazing line. Talks about how uh, Jericho lost to Action Andretti, says the J and JAS might stand for jobbers. Uh-huh. And uh, called... Uh, Garcia and Guevara, some jassholes, which mm-hmm. definitely worked. Got a chant right after. Is that not on his t-shirt yet? <laughs> I know, right? I know, it's and a busy then, week. Uh, uh, said he wanted a match with Jericho on January 4th in Seattle. So, okay. Uh, big moment for Starks in that uh, he was done uh, cutting his promo. Jericho says, you know, you need to have eyes in the back of your head, which meant that Jake Hager and his hat was behind him. Right. He goes to attack Starks. JAS beats down Starks. Action Andretti comes out. Crowd loses their shit. He runs wild. Hits a split-legged moonsault on uh, Jericho. Yeah. And then Andretti and Starks stand tall. Love this segment, man. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Andretti's so timing was a little hiccupy, but yeah. uh, he'll get there. I, I think that second was... Second time on live TV? Come on. I, I think it was, you know, second time on live TV. I think yeah. it was a little bit excited. And sure. uh, probably didn't expect the crowd to give a shit. So it's just yeah. like, oh, wait, people like me. Look, 
I'll tell you, and we'll, I guess we'll get to him in a minute, but uh, Action Andretti's second time on live TV leaps and bounds better than um, whatever douchebag Swerve brought out, uh, or two douchebag A and douchebag B that Swerve brought out to help yeah, him. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. Um, then we had the fifth match of the Best of Seven series. This was the no DQ match, the elite uh-huh. going against Death Triangle, and this was the one with all oh, the plunder daddy. You get a hammer, and you get a hammer, and you get a hammer. Hammers for everybody. Uh, Nakazawa gets involved, and Aberhantes gets involved, and Cutler gets involved. <laughs> and this, uh, this was just ridiculous and fun. Um, that was fun. I got no problems. Yeah. Uh, the, elite, the elite got the memo. They uh, came out and cut off T-shirts. However, they did not tuck their boot or tuck their jeans into their boots. So, yeah. Uh, come on, guys. Serious problem with that here. They came out wearing yeah. their tights. What are they thinking? What yeah. are they thinking? No. Jeans. Into the boots. Plus, jeans provide better protection to barbed wire than than your tights, too. Because the barbed wire broom came back. That's right. It's cleaner, baby. Yeah, as uh, Omega hit Phoenix with a Tiger Driver 98 on the broom. Yeah, that was fucking brutal. Was nuts. Um, For only a two. Yeah, he kicked kicked out of that. Uh, But Nick and Matt hit a Meltzer Driver on Phoenix to win the match. Yeah. Uh, Again, this best of five series, they could sell me a Blu-ray with all the matches on it tomorrow. This 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 was has been fantastic. They have been a lot of fun, which does lead. I saw somebody tweet this out, uh, and I, I agree. Now we're you know three years into Dynamite, and there's no nowhere to watch prior non pay per view matches. Yeah. you know, in in a regular spot. Yeah, which I feel like that should be Tony something works something Tony works into the next next deal. Uh, with who, whether it be Warner Brothers Discovery or whomever, uh, but I agree there there are matches that deserve uh, another run back. I mean, just thinking yeah. about from you know the first year of Dynamite, whether it's uh, Pack and Omega and the Iron yeah. Man match, or do you remember that random week where I think like Nick Jackson was Matt Jackson was six? So they ran Nick Jackson versus Phoenix yeah. for no reason. Yep, and it just ruled. Like yep. let's run that shit back, uh, yeah. but alas, you can't. Uh, post-match, Pack and Penta attack the Elite. Nick uh, bleeds from the hammer, and Phoenix has to pull everyone away. Yeah. This goes to the Falls Count Anywhere match next week. That'll be fun. Uh, we had uh, footage from last week, and MJF cut a promo last week uh, talking about uh, Danielson being uh, a gutless prick who robbed MJF of his moment, and uh, basically the reign of terror will continue, and he's coming for Danielson. All right. Tony Schiavone was backstage interviewing Action Andretti, who said his life has changed since the biggest upset of his life. Uh, he said he had Ricky Starks' back out there, but here comes 2.0 and says, hey, you know what? You're doing great out there, kid. You're on fire. Andretti turns around and is hit by probably the best fireball Chris Jericho's ever thrown. Yeah, that thing was massive. Yeah, that was that was scary. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Andretti's going to show up next week looking like Uncle Fester. Yeah, uh... And I think he's supposed to be working MCW this weekend. If that dude does not show up with half his face taped, please boo him for us. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know what? Andretti's smart. He'll probably do it. He'll I would hope so. It. Yeah. Uh, then Rene Paquette was in ring for an interview with Brian Danielson as the Talking Smack duo finally gets back together I know, on AEW TV. Very excited about that. Um, long story short, talking about the status of the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, 
he says, you know, he he, uh, he doesn't expect the BCC to understand his actions with Regal, but, you know, Regal's been sort of like a, a father figure to him, that sort of thing. He said there's consequences uh, to people's actions, and MJF has to pay for those actions. And out come Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway. Yeah. And let me tell you, I was excited about half of that equation. Sure, yeah. yeah no, Stoke and uh, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, that's a... Yes. It's a good combo. Uh, Danielson... Just on fire with the barbs. Uh, said he couldn't hear what uh, Paige was saying. Uh, and he said he was blinded by Stokely Hathaway's bald head. Oh, to which Stoke called him a raggedy bitch. <laughs> he did call him a raggedy bitch. <laughs> to which I would like to formally request, Tony, I know you listen, because I'm pretty sure you just mainline any podcast that, that mentions talks AEW. About AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just give Stoke a raise for that line alone. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I regret that I did not do this. I really need to pull Stoke saying raggedy bitch for yeah. the board here because yeah. uh, it's, that's, that's it's a, good shit. That's the new shit. fuck on me. Yes. Uh, but we're going to get Danielson uh, fighting uh, Ethan Page next week in Denver for uh, New Year's right. Smash. Uh, we had a graphic for the big battle royale. <laughs> That was going to be on Rampage, which I'm God pretty bless. sure was just a rib on Excalibur. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because Tony tried it like two or three times. Yes. Bosh it every one of them. The $300,000 Three Kings Christmas Casino Trios Battle Royale. Yeah. It has to be because otherwise it's it's the most atrocious name for anything ever. Um, but John Moxley cutting a promo saying he's going to be in the match with Claudio and Yuta. And he says, uh, you know what? Uh, Hangman Page, why don't you show up? Um, I don't know what you expected last week before our brawl, but uh, you know what? I'm going to hit you with that Laird again. I'm going to put you back on the shelf. And then he said uh, he's going to show Darius Martin later tonight a hard lesson. And uh, he, he did, did, whether he intended to or not. Yeah, he did. <laughs> then we had a promo that I wish more people were talking about this week. As it was TNT and Ring of Honor TV champion Joey oh. Samoe. <laughs> wishing us all a happy holidays from the king of television oh man this the the, the jovial <laughs> shithead joe is just <laughs> chef's kiss just prime cut i love this yeah uh, i i want this joe all the time what uh, a shithead you know what it kind of re- reminded me of not necessarily in terms of content but in terms of delivery do you remember uh rnn the randy orton news network Vaguely, uh, for for those who need a refresher, uh, what would happen is Randy Orton after his first push, he he fucked up his shoulder, uh, first of many shoulder problems uh-huh. for, for young Randall Keith Orton. Yeah. Um, so they had a recurring segment called RNN, where he would pop up every week on Raw to tell the fans he's now three weeks into his recovery from his shoulder surgery, and he will be back in approximately. So many weeks, and he thanks everyone for worrying about him. And then the next week, I'm now four weeks into the recovery. Like, it, it, you know, it was this real, like, talk downy shithead yeah. approach yeah. Uh, that I thought was comedy gold then, and uh, fantastic for Joe. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Give, give Samoa Joe an entire Christmas special next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, you know, I feel bad for Wardlow, kind of, because, yeah. you know. But there is zero reason Warlow should win this feud. No, none. <laughs> I can't none. think of one. 
uh, because I outside of Wardlow's bank account. Yeah, uh, I like Wardlow a lot, but um, it feels like they're just scratching the surface of this version of Joe. Yeah, and, yeah. And, let uh, the boy run. Exactly. Let the boy run. Let the boy watch. Uh, then we had Hook very quickly squash my new favorite jobber, Exodus, Exodus Prime. Prime. <laughs> what a great fucking name. Uh, it's a terrible name, but it's a great name. Yes. Uh, it's no Big Bill, but it's 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 still pretty, you know. Red Rum was the finish. Yeah. Uh, and then Stokely Hathaway's backstage where Big Bill and Lee Moriarty are beating down Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Bill chokeslams Perry into a dumpster. And then I think a lot of signals got confused between what was live and what wasn't. As John Moxley's music hit to come out for the next match. Right. And Hook... Just kind of randomly walks backstage. Slowly walking back up the ramp. Not giving a shit at all about his friend who just got chokeslammed. Like, if this is the character trait of Hook, it's like, eh, he got chokeslammed. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I was just like, I don't know what's happening right now on television. I think you, you say, you know, I think you address it. Jungle Boy, you know, or Jack Perry addresses it next week. Like, Why weren't you running to the back? I was like, they already chokeslammed you. What the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. You know? Uh, they're like, not gonna choke slam you again. Yeah, you were already in the dumpster. They're not gonna go in there and get you. You were yeah. fine at that point. Yeah, you were all stinky, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's 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 the way you continue this. <laughs> Just like, hey, man. You know, if I can help, I'll help. But there was nothing for me to do at that point. Um. So then we had John Moxley against Darius Martin. Yeah. I like Top Flight a lot. Sure. I I like that duo a lot. And add AR Fox in with them, and oh, you know they're they're great as we saw on Fantastic. Friday. Yeah, fantastic. Rising tide raises all ships in that regard. Darius is not Dante. Yeah, that's and true. Mox really tried to give Darius some shine here. Yeah, but it it just did not work for me, man. Yeah, like that. He's he's missing something. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know if it's a, a charisma thing because Dante exudes it. You yeah. know, he's the the it factor that everybody kind of talks about. That little extra, you know, thing that's kind of indescribable. Yeah, it, it, it is missing from Darius. But when they're together, Dante has enough of it to carry the two of them. But when right. he's out on his own, the the holes in the armor are kind of um, shown. Yeah, like he he tried and Mox tried, but just it it, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, we had another ch- uh, chapter of the book of Hobbes, uh, talking about watching his uncle overdose on the floor. This is some compelling shit, man. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same delivery, but it's making me think of the fully sit down with Jim Ross. Okay. Where you're, you're just learning about all these extra layers about a guy. Yeah. And it, it's making them a more compelling character and hey if these you know vignettes end with Hobbs attacking Jim Ross I'm okay I'll I'll allow it (laughs) of course course. Uh, so then we had the gun club against FTR and holy fuck the gun club won I mean they really leaned into the injury on Dax yes yeah that that was clearly the big thing is that a shoot or is that was that uh, just a, a reason to give the guns a win I, I, I think it's a reason to give the guns a win. Okay. Right. Um, and also a reason to, to make it okay that FTR dropped the IWGP tag belts next week. So 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yes, the guns cheated with uh, Austin grabbing uh, Colton's hand to steal the pin in an in, uh, O'Connor roll. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just, it was kind of weird that they ended up winning. I, I thought the match was fine. Um, you know, FTR has a weird chemistry with the gun club. We've seen this a few times now. Yeah. Um, but it, it's definitely a lot where it's just sort of, I, I don't get, I don't get this push. I don't understand it. I I don't know. Maybe Billy uh, Daddy Ass with his newfound sway with the acclaimed has uh, has worked something in for his boys here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but so then we had a music video from <sighs> these assholes. This shit was bad. I think it was intentionally so. No, I know it was, but it's still. Uh, does that make it? something i want to see on my tv no 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 it doesn't doesn't. um but it was announcing that we were going to be getting jeff jarrett and jay lethal against anthony bowens and daddy ass on rampage which is weird because that wasn't on my copy of rampage granted my copy of rampage ended like a half hour early so oh really oh sorry (laughs) god damn it (laughs) so then we had rick ross Mediating the face-off between Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Oh, my God. This is your 2022 version of the Nightmare Collective in terms of crowd non-shit-givery. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was, this was on par with uh, the weigh-in for uh, Agogo and Cody. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Bring Keith it down. Lee... Or not, sorry, Keith Lee. Keith, Keith Lee was fine in all of this. Rick Ross should not be given a live mic on television. I kind of liked him to a point. To a point. Okay. Like, dude doesn't know when to let a moment breathe. No. But. Well, I mean, but he comes from a different world. He, he comes from a different world. Very much so. Yeah, it's, it's all hype. Uh, and, it's and, all, he's, you know. and he's compelling as shit. Sure, yeah. It, it's kind of a wild card sort of thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because when he, he just took a pause and legit yeah. looked at Keith Lee and just went, you a big motherfucker, ain't you? Yeah, like, yeah. 10 out of 10, I'm sure someone at uh, at Warner Brothers Discovery shit their drawers, but still, 10 out of 10, all-time great moment in pro wrestling. Not edited out of the uh, the upload to the TBS app, by the way. Even better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that you could tell that was legit. As because uh, oh, Keith was like, oh, he was oh. <laughs> his fucking corpse in there. But also, you could tell that was a, a legit realization from Rick Ross in real time. Yeah, uh, he he had himself a, a Brock at the Rumble moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems yeah. That's the thing for uh, for Keith Lee. Everybody yeah. sees him like, yeah, oh, the big boy. Yeah, the big motherfucker right there. Yeah. Um. So Strickland comes out without music. Has a steel chair, tells Keith Lee to keep his eye on the ball and eyes in the back of his head. The same fucking thing that we had in the opening segment. So Parker Bordreau. This guy's a fucking nothing burger. Baby Brock. This guy sucks. Attacks Lee from behind and gets lost immediately. <sighs> Looking around, breathing all heavy, doing the, the the pose. And then he throws another punch, looks around, looks confused, yeah. does the other breathing. He, this guy is not ready. He's not ready for primetime player. And then this other guy shows up. Fucking white dude covered in tattoos with dreads. Apparently yeah. he's an ex-baseball player. 
did did the two island boys merge into one person and then eat a lot of protein? Is that what the fuck this is? I don't fucking know, man. I, this is bad. Like, all right, so there's this other guy. So basically, Swerve has a stable now of two greener than shit rookies. Can't wait to hear Justin's take on this. Covered in tattoos. <laughs> uh, they Hard they uh, they put a cinder block on uh, Keith Lee's chest. Strickland hits a double stomp. Uh, everybody's got a shirt that looks that says, cool. Mogul affiliates. Uh, That's a pretty lame name, actually. Yeah, it sucks. Um, uh, th- this segment, like I thought, overall this was a great dynamite. This was the worst segment of the year. Period. It is very, very bad. And sorry, here's the thing: you got a black belt. I'm a black bitch. You've officially been trumped right before the end of the year in terms of worst segment of, on AEW TV. Here's the thing: this feud did not need this segment. It didn't. The, it, everything was there. Yeah, it already was need- there. That's the most baffling thing. Yeah, no one it's, gained anything from this. Yeah, you just ruined a perfectly good, um, you know, scampy by putting too much uh, fucking butter in it, and then you had the heat too high, and the sauce broke, and then you just fucking ruined it. Yeah, I, I, I presume all of this is true because I'm not as skilled a cook as Chris. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's okay though. Because we wrapped up the butter on low heat or else the fats in the butter separate and the sauce breaks. We wrapped up (laughs) with maybe the best women's match in AEW history. God damn, this shit ruled. Jamie Hayter successfully defending the AEW Women's Championship against Hikaru Shida. Inject this into my veins. Jamie said, "I'm, I'm going for an absolute classic. Yeah. She called her shot and she and Shida fucking delivered. Shida's always game. Yeah, she always like when fucking potatoes start throwing. She has yeah. a great time. Oh yeah, God bless Taz for his very inside joke on commentaries. Like I didn't know we were in Idaho tonight. Uh, <laughs> this, which pop Tony? Like uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I love the chemistry of the current Dynamite booth. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's it, loose but professional. Yes, yes, they they get done what they need to get done, but right. like they they will fucking hit each other's buttons when they need to. Uh huh. Um, this match ruled so hard, and goddamn, Jamie Hader is so good. Yes, I, I saw someone a- just absolutely dissecting bit by bit. There was a thread on Twitter. I forget who posted. It, it might have been Larrietto who did it. Um, talking about. How well she sells the the finishing sequence. Yeah. And talking about how, like, you could see, like, in her body language, she's getting tired. She's like, getting frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And it and at no point did she go to the uh, what has been the the NXT shorthand of right. you know the O face, face yeah. while you look at your hands and and you know what what do I need to do like she got that message across in a very believable way yeah but there were tons of finishes in this I would have believed um, Hater is on fire right now she's kind of i mean you know Sheeta aside she's kind of on a tier of her own in terms of performance wise in the women's division right now Uh, i i am so happy that for her that she's getting this opportunity to deliver matches of this caliber this is what the aw women's division needs to be yeah just throw out some bangers man um and some mash yes (laughs) those potatoes uh th- this this ruled 
Uh, yes, Hater re- retained. If you, for whatever reason, due to the holidays, uh, did not get a chance to watch this, you need to. Like this is a this is a late match of the year conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, hi- highly recommend. And you know, sure, I I may have it a little higher than some others due to. Um, other reasons with these two ladies but you, you have a bias toward both of them i do i do Sheeta's instagram is is top tier by the way <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is fantastic yeah uh but yeah no this this was everything i wanted and more yeah uh th- this rule well, maybe not everything i wanted but yeah. in terms of a wrestling match pretty this much. rule post-match soraya <laughs> comes out she goes after uh jamie and Britt. Then Tony Storm's music hits, she returns, they throw down, and it certainly looks like that Soraya's partner for the January 11th match is going to be Tony Storm. That'll be... That'll be fine. We will see what happens over these next few weeks. But then on Friday, and undoubtedly what will be the lowest rated Rampage of the year. I just watched this yesterday. And I can hardly remember anything that happened. Well, it kicked off with the... Not yesterday morning. Yesterday was Christmas. Uh, 300, <laughs> it kicked off with the $300,000 three, three Kings Casino Battle Royale. Yeah, easy for you to say. Yes. Uh, hey, I nailed it the first time, which is yeah. the important part. That was won by AR Fox and Top Flight. So clearly that trio is getting a push. Yeah. Uh, but this is all about the stories of everybody else. Um, and it was uh, also the... Uh, the main show debut of the new trio of the Spanish announce project. Right. Which is Serpentico and Helico and Luther. Um, it almost works. I mean, I get the SAP reference. Yes. But then you have Serpentico and Helico and Luther. Luther. <laughs> L- Luthico. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, yeah. I mean like S.A. L? Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Like for their names. It almost saying, had no. the perfect triple uh, meeting yeah, there. Yeah. And then they, they just, you know, missed out on that. Um, also, Drillistico was in there. Shock of shocks. Yeah. Um, I hear Drillistico had a pretty baller match on the uh, elevation taping, too. Um, okay. I, I forget who we went against. Um, I'll see if I can pull it up real quick. But I heard they had a really, really good match. Uh, who was it? I'm bringing it up right now. Drillistico had a match with uh, Blake Christian. They had a match okay. on uh, Elevation. Apparently, it was really, really good. So, look out for that on. I think that's on YouTube today, uh, gotcha. the twenty sixth. Um, but yeah, the the real story of all this was more stuff between Hangman Page and John Moxley. Sure, yeah, that uh, that, and then there was all, but you know that the brawl page came out uh, yeah. after Mox was eliminated, I guess, and then they brawled through the crowd or through all around the ring and everything. Yeah, and the security came out. Yeah, and everything was crazy, but uh, uh, the the finish was uh, oh a great cl- sequence between uh, Claudio and uh, it was Dante and Darius, right? Yes, yes. Which I mean, you have the ultimate catcher in yeah. Claudio with two of the best flippy dudes in the business. Yeah. Um, which absolutely rolled. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with, with any combination and permutation of that moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a shoot, it was a shoot $300 cash prize, a hundred grand for, for each of them or not, but yeah. they surely celebrated like it was. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, um we, but we, you know, we also had, 
a continuation of the Dark Order versus Preston Van stuff in there. You had a little more of Kip Sabian versus Best Friend stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot, like you said, a lot of different the, of the threads that had been on and off over the past few weeks being uh, shown and, in there. And it indicates that they are doing a better job of threading stories in the lower card. Yeah. Um, and as much I am not want to watch the YouTube shows, they are building stories on them now. Right. Which is what everyone had said they needed to do, whether yeah. it's the, the Matt Hardy. I mean, again, Matt Hardy in 2022, but the Matt Hardy stuff with private party, private party in the firm. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the SAP, as as aforementioned, you know, they're, they're trying to use those shows to tell stories. Uh, and also, Kenny Omega had uh, his first singles match in about two years Oh yeah, against the DDT uh, guy. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, uh, Hagane Shino. Yeah, um, and apparently it ruled. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, shock that's of shock. Kenny's wheelhouse. So yes. Um, so yeah, that that was on Dark this past week. So turns out they're trying to make those shows watchable. So yeah, tip of the hat to you, TK. Kingston and Ortiz did an in-ring promo. This was weird. Uh, it was. So the idea was Kingston Ortiz had sent a contract to the House of Black, but they hadn't signed it. Um, lights go out. Did they send it via Raven? Because <laughs> yeah, elsewise, it might not have gotten yeah, to the spooky yeah. ways. Exactly. Lights go out. Uh, Julia Hart's on the stage pointing to the big screen. Malachi Black is on screen cutting a promo insinuating that Kingston and Ortiz aren't on the same page. I don't want that, man. Neither do I. Uh, look, I get it. Ortiz likes wearing spooky face paint sometimes, yeah. but th- that does not make him a House of Black member. No, it makes him a dead president. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> now, do I want Malachi Black versus Eddie Kingston? Sure. Yes. Yes, I do. But I don't, yeah. I don't need I don't need a, a tension between Ortiz and Kingston. No. Uh, hell, what would make me really happy, although I'm sure it's still months off, is if fucking Santana came back and we got yeah. Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston against House of Black. But Yes. Obviously, there are multiple reasons why that wouldn't happen. I feel like this is kind of just a stopgap to hold House of Black over until the Elite win the trios championships. Pretty much. Renee Paquette interviewed Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Surprise, surprise, Daniel Garcia isn't getting along well with Sammy Yeah, Guevara. I mean, who the fuck would get along well with Sammy Guevara, that smarmy twat? That said, Sammy trying to uh, force a hug onto Daniel Garcia makes for funny television. I wasn't watching. I was just listening. Jade Cargill defeated Vert Vixen. Vert Vixen. That's None a terrible four minutes. Name. So that was yep. the thing. We had the promo train for everything uh, on Dynamite this week, which we'll talk about as we wrap up the show. Uh, then we had a commercial for the new Dynamite look, which reminds me of main event for some reason. <laughs> I think it looks pretty good. Then Powerhouse Hobbs attacks somebody, and uh, that was it. Rampage ended early. Uh. Yeah, there, there yeah, most nothing, certainly nothing wasn't a match else. between. Certainly wasn't a tag match after with, that with Jeff Jarrett uh, and Jay Lethal defeating Billy Gunn and Anthony Bowens. It yeah, definitely was not a thing. Yeah, nope, nope. nope. That would be that would be uh, the anti-Christmas wish, you know. But right now we got a pretty stacked dynamite for <laughs> New Year's Smash. Will be in Denver, Colorado this coming Wednesday. Uh, Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale will be teaming up to go against 
a Tay Mello and Anna J. Okay. Uh, I like the Ruby Soho Willow dynamic. Yeah. It's really yeah, fun. Yeah. They had a promo on Rampage that I enjoyed. Uh, we got Top Flight versus Claudio and John Moxley. Sure. Which, fuck yeah. Uh, literally, Mox will probably get you know his brain bashed in by Hangman Adam Page on the way into the ring. So right, yeah. Claudio against Top Flight again. Uh, Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson, which feels like a real fuck or walk moment for Ethan Page. Uh, hundo. Uh, Samoa Joe defending the TNT title against Wardlow. As we mentioned previously, we really want uh, Joey Samoa to retain there. Absolutely. And then match six of the best of seven. It's the Elite against Death Triangle in a Falls Count Anywhere match, which it's going to be a fucking great time. Prediction on where the fall will occur? Um, Probably in the ring. <laughs> you know what? But I really think about it. It's it's probably going to be in the ring. I, I, I'm curious to see the statistics of Falls Count Anywhere matches of how many of them. Sure, they brawl around the arena or yeah. whatever, but they do usually end up in the, in or around the ring. I want the finish, though, to be some ridiculous, like, raising of stakes with hammers. Like, I want it to end with Brandon Cutler showing up with a Looney Tunes-style massive mallet, and that's what takes out, you I know, was just going to say Penta. the same fucking Acme-made <laughs> mega hammer. Yeah. 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 To take us to the ladder match in... Uh, in Los Angeles on the 11th. Escalera de la Muerte. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, massive. You know what? Here's what I want to happen. Oh, please. I want uh, the elite to use up any sort of uh, goodwill or, or uh, contacts that they have. Maybe Tony knows a guy. Um, and I want the reason that Death Triangle loses this match is to be fucking MC Hammer coming out and doing a, 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 a crossbody off the stage onto all three members of the Death Triangle. Death by Hammer. There we go. Happy holidays, folks, from the Rough House Podcast. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Skeezy Larry Productions in association with the Secret Keepers Foundation presents World Pervert Wrestling's Dinomania. You'll shiver beneath the covers as you watch the Creeper meet Uncle Larry in an innocence on a pole match. I got a huge bag of candy for ya. Dinomania. Get ready to reach for your pepper spray as the WPW tag team belts are on the line when the Mountain Men take on the inappropriate siblings. Come on, show us yours first. <laughs> Dinomania. And in our main event of the night, have those restraining orders ready because Willie Windowless Van Thrust goes head to head with Roofy Rick. There you go, drink up. <laughs> Diddlemania. World Pervert Wrestling's Diddlemania. Available on Craigslist Pay Per View and in Highway Rest Stops everywhere.